Hi there, Selena Kulkarni here with another episode of the Alternative Investing Podcast. My mission is to help business owners build high performance wealth that delivers reliable, predictable cash flow through unconventional strategies so they can fast track their path to financial freedom. Each week I share with you the strategies, expert interviews and real people's stories around the topic of wealth and financial freedom. And if you're a business owner who wants to learn more about financial freedom through alternative methods, please head over to my website, freedomwarrior.com.au, where you can access my library of articles, interviews, and programs to help you on your way to becoming more financially free. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Awesome to have you here today. In today's episode, I want to do something a little bit different. I actually want to unpack a little bit about why I truly believe that Warren Buffett isn't necessarily the best investor in the world. I want to talk about why, you know, in my world, you don't have to be superhuman in order to build significant wealth. Um, you don't need insider information and that self-made, self-made people like you and me can actually go far beyond what we think we're capable of. So if I were to describe what I think the, the main problems are that many investors face is that, you know, we give lip service to the idea that we're going to get rich systematically over time. So, People say to me all the time that they're playing the long game, but then they go and make decisions that don't align with that. Um, we get mesmerized by wealth babble and a lot of people will get dollar signs in their eyes and get hypnotized into doing the wrong deals. Um, we forget to play the long game. So many people, um, and it's human nature, are looking for the silver bullet. So they're trying to understand, like, what can I do that will deliver financial freedom without any risk, friction, and in the shortest possible time. The flip side to this, the opportunity is if you can tweak your thinking, then what we can actually do is build armor in the form of habits and rules that actually become kind of like our torch or our guiding light to um, taking the right actions. And then our actions and habits um, with our money become completely congruent with what we want. And we had a, a, an event inside of Freedom Warrior a couple of weeks ago, and I, I thought what would be really useful is to just share some of the highlights. The, the intensive theme was the invisible landmines of wealth building. There's probably some gold that would be worth sharing that came out of that. I, I think that um, one of the biggest mistakes that I see investors making is that thinking that skills are more important than time. So we all generally understand that the effects of compound and compound interest are significant over time, but sometimes the results of a relatively small amount of compounding can be so huge that they really blow people's minds. And I want to kind of really dive into that a little bit today through the story of uh, our mate Warren Buffett. At the moment, um, Warren Buffett has a net worth that's said to be in excess of about $85 billion. But what a lot of people don't actually realize that the bulk of that, I think about 81 or 82 billion of that came after his 65th birthday. So when you start to go into the detail of the decisions that he made at what points in time and the impact that it had on wealth, um, there's definitely some lessons there. And I just want to tease those out for you. So The first thing about Warren Buffett uh, and his fortune is not necessarily that he was just a good investor, but he's actually been a great investor for more than 75 years. So he started investing when he was 10 years old 
And by 30, age 30, his net worth back in the day was about a million bucks, which is maybe about $9.3 million in today's money. Now, if he had spent his teens and his 20s just kind of doing gap years and exploring the world, finding his passions, maybe he'd be worth about 25000 by age 30. And then if he started at that age to get those same uh, epic returns that he's had consistently over those 75 years, but then he quit investing when he was 60, he'd be worth about $12 million today, US dollars. So that's about 99% less than his actual net worth. So I think if you kind of look at all of that, that's that's really like I looked at that and that blew my mind. Um, there's a fabulous uh, investigative uh, journalist in the US and uh, some of this research can be tied back to him and I'll give you his details at the end. But what he highlighted is that effectively all of Warren Buffett's financial success is actually tied up to the foundations that he sent while he was going through puberty. And also the fact that, you know, at a time where most people would say, well, I've done my, I've done my dash. I'm just going to put my feet up now. He actually just continued to allow his investments to compound and stayed active in the management of his money. So the, the real key takeaway here is his skill was definitely his capacity as an investor. And everyone focuses on that element. Like how does he pick his stocks? How does he make his investment decisions? What are his rules? But his real secret was time. And like, I really want you to, to pause and marinate on that because it's not what people expect to hear about when they talk about Warren Buffett. So good investing isn't necessarily about trying to, you know, race out there to earn the highest returns. It's really about earning, um, you know, returns that you can live with, that you can stick with, and that can be repeated for the longest period of time. And that's when compounding will really um, go completely wild. So if you look um, at Warren's returns on average each year, he's averaged about 22% per annum, which is phenomenal. There's no question that's an, an outstanding result. But I just want to drive this point home. He's a great investor, but his secret was time. He is described as the richest investor and best investor of all time, but he's not actually the greatest investor when it's measured by average annual returns. Now, I want to contrast that to another fellow by the name of Jim Simmons. And, you know, the frankly, most people have never heard of this guy. He's not a celebrity. He's certainly not in the public eye. Um, he's actually originally a mathematician. Um, he's a billionaire hedge fund manager and philanthropist. Um, and now his current net worth is only about 20 plus billion dollars. So significantly less, almost a fraction, a quarter of our friend Warren Buffett. But the truth of the matter is he didn't actually start investing with any great vigor till he was about 50. Um, and he has a record of compounding returns at about 66% since 1988. Nobody else uh, on record has even come close to those sorts of returns. So he's had half as many, not even half as many years um, investing as Warren Buffett. If he had been investing as long as Warren Buffett, the numbers of zeros in his net worth would be in the quintillions. So for most people, this is a complete mind bender. Now, you know, I started this podcast saying that um, you don't have to be superhuman 
to build a lifetime of significant wealth. So I want to really kind of drive home what I think the key takeaways are from these two kind of, I guess, different stories. Number one, people revere Warren Buffett as the greatest investor at all time. But mathematically, in terms of annual average returns, he wasn't necessarily the best. We all understand compound interest. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of wealth professionals here in Australia who argue that you should buy assets and then never sell. And I think, you know, if you're talking about the baby boomer generation or people who may have had the opportunity to buy real estate here in Australia or shares here in Australia back in the 70s and 80s, and then they've just held on to them. It's easy to to be from that camp and just say, well, you, you should never sell because look at us. Um, but I think given the way that the world has evolved, I think that's a pretty tough gig. I think if you put money into an asset that either doesn't perform or costs you a bomb to hold, you know, I, I think that's really tough to, to, you know, hang on just because people before us said you should never sell. I think the cost of living is expensive. Um, the pressures to maintain lifestyle for many are very high. Uh, and, you know, there are frankly a lot of wealth professionals that have written that philosophy of never sell, ride out all the highs and lows of every market cycle as their main philosophy and have, you know, basically banked on that. In other words, they've made money by telling you to hang on regardless of whether they've done the same. You know, we've, we've all experienced, um, or heard of someone holding a dud property maybe just because it might come good, even if we're carrying a loss. And the the real problem is for modern day investors is, you know, competition's fierce. Everyone's out there looking for an edge. Everyone's out there looking for where can they park their capital so that they can, you know, amplify their results over time. Good deals are becoming harder to find. Returns are becoming more modest. And I, I just don't think you can afford to ignore assets once they're in your portfolio, I think you need to keep evaluating them um, and looking at their strengths, their weaknesses, and their prospects. Um, you know, I say this all the time, there's no right or wrong, but it's really important that you continue to um, look at opportunity cost and, you know, potential impact of your investments that make up your portfolio. You know, sometimes it's okay, and I've done this many times, if you take your investing capital and use it to springboard into better, more sophisticated deals, um, this doesn't take away from the fact that wealth compounds over time. But the reality is sometimes you've just got to shut up and wait. And I know that sounds a bit rude, but sometimes we, we dance around too much. We, we pull our money, we pull up stumps too quickly and we're, we're too quick to try and find a better deal. And, you know, the cost of entry and exit and turnover and, you know, sometimes having, you know, a, a yield drag because we can't find the next best deal or getting out of a deal thinking you'll find something better and then not being able to. So they're the two ends of the spectrum. Uh, and as an investor, the real skill set is working out how to discern that it's time to turn over your capital, how to recognize that something might be in a dip, but it's worth holding on to. Um, these are all the skill sets that kind of, they matter, but not as much as just, you know, taking one step at a time to continue to grow your wealth. And as I said, you know, 
what we're really arguing for here is trying to earn pretty good returns that you can stick with and that can be sustainable, that can be repeated, and that will always win out over wild returns that just can't be repeated or held on to. And certainly we've seen that in the market over the last 12 to 18 months as you know, a whole bunch of investors have been patting themselves on the back about these amazing returns they've had in the share market and the, and the property market purely because there's just been a, you know, a black swan event. Those are not sustainable returns. You know, they're great when they come along, but it's really, you know, that playing of the long game and refining your capacity to give your portfolio the love and attention it deserves that will have the biggest impact over time. So anyway, guys, Um, I hope you found this useful. Uh, I look forward to discussing with you more and more topics around uh, stories and insights, which will help you understand why steady preservation and safety will always win out over these, you know, scary uh, extreme returns. And uh, yeah, look forward to catching up with you in the future. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're a business owner feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head over to freedomwarrior.com.au to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. Till next time, take care. See you on the next episode and bye for now.